Welcome to Friars on the Farm Podcast. I'm Donovan, and sitting across from me is Roy. Boy, you have kind of a somber tone today. Dude, it's been a brutal. It's, I mean, it, 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 it was capped today by the death of Charlie Watts. We started out with Beast of Burden. Um, right. Just, uh, I mean... What do you say about that guy? He's a, he's a rock and roll <laughs> legend. Absolute legend. I mean, there's legends and there's like the, even the legends in in whatever rock and roll place he may be in or whatever are like, damn, that's Charlie Watts. Like mm-hmm. that's like Gandhi and Buddha and Krishna and Christ. They're all like, I, I, you go talk to him, dude. I can't. I can't say anything <laughs> to that guy. You like it's Charlie Watts. Come on, it's Charlie Watts. Well, you think? I mean, he's been. It's a sixty-year career, really, since the Rolling Stones got started. Yeah, and they've been touring for most of it. I mean, what incredible longevity that everybody in that band's had. Absolutely, and um, and and we picked Beast of Burden because it's a good drum riff, and uh, you know, it kind of ties in with our our the, the Parent Club, the San Diego yeah, kind of the feel that we've all got right <laughs> yeah. now. They are the Beast of Burden. Yeah, I mean, a, a month ago, I was optimistic that a soft schedule in August, they'd have a chance to make up some games yep. and put some cushion between the other teams in the wild card and then yeah. and then a bunch of matchups against the Dodgers and the Giants and here's a chance to go for the division and all this great stuff and then man it just all fell apart it all fell apart and, and I tell you even now I, I even with this collapse one starting pitcher wouldn't I'm not going to give away Mackenzie Gore which we'll talk about in a minute I'm not going to give away Luis Camposano which we have Robert been, Hassel Robert, we're not going to yeah. like any of those guys I'm not giving away for a rental Right. I don't care if the guy throws a no hitter every game. He would make very little difference with the injuries and the way the bullpen and the starting pitching had the pitching period. Yeah. And then you top that off with a with a with the offense that is sputtering, mm-hmm. sputtering. Yeah. It's um, like everybody's in a slump right now. Yeah. Absolutely. And yeah. You know, it, when in baseball, when you have to try harder or be better, you try harder, and you don't try harder in baseball. You, it's one of those sports, and I try to explain this to people. We're like. Yeah, when you're not doing well, you know, you want to try harder and do better. Um, in baseball, you need to relax more and have more fun and, like, take it easy. Mm-hmm. But that's not the way the human mind works. We're just like, we have to try harder. And if we try harder, it'll, we'll do better. Yeah. Making sawdust at the plate with the bat. You know, you're squeezing it so hard. Uh-huh. Well, so Larry Rothschild yeah. gets fired. Yeah. And it kind of makes some sense. And the you've got some guys that are underperforming. You would think that Blake Snell would be able to step in and maintain a level of performance, and he's struggled. Yeah. Chris Paddock hasn't been able to take that next step. Yep. It seems like things have kind of gone backwards for him on a couple of things. Last year, the fastball looked different. This year, the changeup doesn't have its effectiveness that, that it yep. used to. Uh, and so it makes sense that that falls on the pitching coach. Yeah. And the bullpen's done its job. The bullpen's been outstanding. Yeah. And now they're they're tired and, and in tatters, but... They're and still the, doing the job. And that's the case. And, and now tonight they get to go out there and do another bullpen game. It seems like three days a week we got a bullpen game going on. That only goes on for so long. Right. And and no matter what, even if the pitching would have been – even if all these starters would have continued to go five innings, the bullpen would have been still way taxed. The second most innings in Major League uh, in Major League Baseball this year. You can't do that. And, and, and Rothschild, sure, Rothschild is the – you know, the fans have called for his, his neck – Weeks ago, dude. If a pitching coach, although it was interesting when I when I listened to the uh, the Kept Faith podcast, they had Eno Sayers, and and uh, and um, the guys talked, asked him about Larry Rothschild, and you know he talked about having Snell use that changeup for way too long. What's going on with Paddock? Why hasn't Paddock made any any adjustments during the season because of his lack of performance? Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that I found really interesting in that 
in that interview was he said, I've heard other pitchers after, you know, that have been with the Padres and have gone on to other teams and have uh, these more analytic inclined, more uh, young, you know, you say just younger um, pitching coaches use phrases and words to these pitchers pitches that they'd never heard. And these pitchers are going like, wow, no one's ever said that. No one's ever said, you know, I, my, my curveball doesn't have the bend that it should, or my slider doesn't have the arc that it, that I want. Um, the only thing that he really kind of gave credit for was telling Paddock to not throw a get me over curveball. Okay. Throw that thing with the meaning. Every time you throw it, it's not a get me over curveball. It's like it's a curveball. Right. And all that work that he had to do, Paddock had to do on his own in the offseason. Mm-hmm. That shows you a little, you know, that's what he had. And, yeah. and, and, and just to kind of figure out my thought there is like you can, if he had that much effect on pitchers or on another human being's performance, dude. Baseball is the first place we don't need him. <laughs> like, it's true, true. Maybe the commissioner's off, but like you put him over in the Middle East, put him over somewhere else where he can, you know, fix some things that really need fixing. Okay. You, you know what I mean? That's, that's Well, so Darren Balsley also doesn't have the reputation of being the, the like analytics forward person. Right. But the thing that I always heard about him was that he had this ability to go out and say five words to a pitcher. And somehow that would bring back some confidence in a guy that may have been struggling, going through a tough inning or a tough outing or something like that. Uh, And and that's not something that's necessarily learned. It's something that's just innate, that you can read somebody, read the situation, you know the guy, and you can say just what needs to be said and walk away and something switches. Absolutely. And I never saw that once where Rothschild goes out and talks to the mound and then something, you know, you see the pitch mix change or the location changes. Right. Or, <laughs> or the next pitch is a strike. <laughs> right, right. It seems like he's just going out to kill time while they're getting the reliever ready. Yeah. You know, so. it, it's, it's true. Like, he, Ballsy would go out there and you'd say something like, okay, hey, you're on your front foot too much. Hey, your arm's lagging in your, you know, in your body. So, like, those adjustments that you know, maybe – Rothschild does do that, but certainly maybe you just we, go out and say, don't be afraid to throw some effing strikes. Right. Trust your defense behind right. you. Yeah. I, I don't know. As much as the bit is pitch better. Yeah. So there Rothschild goes, any pitching coach pitch better. <laughs> and then yeah. walks away. Do you think he could pitch better? <laughs> so now Ben Fritz is the interim pitching coach. Yeah. He was the bullpen coach. Prior to that, he was a rehab instructor in, uh, in Peoria. In, in your, Arizona. Um, he's covered a whole bunch of different roles for the Padres. He was the Tri City. Uh, he was the Tri City Dust Devils manager. Right, right. So the guy's got experience within the organization. Yeah. Um, he was a first round draft pick for the or, the uh, A's back in the day. And he's got a lot of baseball acumen. So now he's got the next month as I guess a, a walking tryout right. to try to show what he's got. Right. I mean, not that that, not that this is a you know put up or shut up kind of a thing. It's you need somebody to do the job, exactly. and he knows exactly. the staff, so it's it makes sense for him to step in. Well, and 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 just. Uh, don't expect brilliance. Like I, I, I don't expect it. And if the pitcher continues to be in in the tank, it's not his fault. No, it, it's just you got to perform better. Right. And at this point, I mean, you got a month left in the season. You just need to get past the finish line yeah. and try not to get anybody else hurt. I, it, it, as much as it stinks to say, but there, the Padres are a game back in the uh, behind the Reds for the second wild card yeah. spot. They've got the toughest finishing stretch of any team in the in the league the reds have a pretty easy path i you're not going to catch the dodgers nope. i i i i i don't see it happening no nope. so now you just get to the end of the season and 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 try to prepare for next year and yeah. it, it sucks saying that 
Yeah, it, it does, and that's how we feel. And, you know, there are only one game behind, and you can be the optimist. And they're only one game behind, and it, it could take, you know, maybe taking two out of three. But we, for right now, the way their team is playing, you don't see it. I don't see it happening. No. And, and if it does, oh, my God, here come the Giants, who just won't lose. Neither one of those teams will lose. Nope. And when you have a team such as we have right now, it, it's just it, – I don't see it happening. Yeah. So, so you know, you hate to say, throw in the towel – you know, this would be actually a time where, hey, let's bring some guys up. Let's see what they can do. There's not yeah, much. We're bringing them up daily. Well, and it used to be that September, the rosters would expand yeah. to a full 40-man. You could bring up whoever. Now it's two guys. You go from 26 to 28. So, okay, you add a couple pitchers because this team is desperately yeah. needing arms. So what, you bring up Sean Anderson that they just picked up off the Orioles, who was not good with the Orioles. <laughs> Jake Arrieta, yeah, if the, who was not good with the Cubs. Well, yeah, and he, now he's hurt. He's got a whatever sprained hamstring or whatever. I, oh, yeah. Just got me, get me to the finish line, and oh, man. So let's continue on with a little bit more bad news. Uh, welcome to Friars on the Farm again. Uh, I want to real quick thank Mark Wilkins for stepping in. Roy out living the life in Hawaii for two weeks. It was rough. It Dude. was rough. Dude, they've been watching Hundred Foot Wave, and like every other time they're back in Hawaii, and just like, God dang, um, he, he mahi, filled in mahi great and yeah. macadamia nuts on the beach, peeled walk, grapes, swimming with the sea turtles, <laughs> like Doctor Doolittle. Is that the other thing, Doctor Doolittle, <laughs> or Doctor Monroe? Anyways, uh, triple. So then, you know, Triple A manager uh, Edwin Rodriguez just all up and quits. Yeah, that was unexpected. And he had just done an interview with Mad Friars. Yeah. And if you read that interview, which is a really good interview, yeah. he seems optimistic about how people are doing and, and all of this. You don't really read anything in there that that he may be on the way out. So I, I wonder if it's for personal reasons or what. I don't want to speculate because Edwin Rodriguez was with the team for several years. Yeah. He was a manager here in Lake Elsinore. Um, and he's got decades of experience. He managed the Miami Marlins once upon a time. He runs a... Uh, he runs a, a camp in, in Puerto Rico. Uh, in Puerto Rico, he yeah. runs an academy down there. Yeah. I mean, the the guy is a baseball lifer. Yeah. So I'm sad to see him go. Um, so I hope that there's good reason behind it. Uh, in the meantime, Eric Youngi is is stepping in, who is the Padres' roving pitching instructor. Yeah. Who I couldn't pick out of a lineup, and I met actually when I was talking to Edwin Rodriguez back when he was with the Lake Elsinore Storm, and he walks in, like, hey, Eric Young Youngi, I can't. I think it's Youngi. Youngi. Hey, dude, how you doing? <laughs> and he just walks by like, oh. Then later on, you're like, oh, yeah, that's fucking he's a roving pitching con- uh, instructor, coordinator. Mm-hmm. Yep. So a little bit of change, which yeah. is kind of unexpected this time of the year. Yeah. And I guess you see some managers get dismissed. Um, you know, like what, Pat Murphy stepping in for the last month of the season, not once upon a time. For Andy Green. Yeah, yeah. That, But that isn't something that I would expect to see in the Padres organization right no. now, but that's what we got. No. And I – and, and I don't see Tingler's job is secure. I, you know, mm-hmm. you can't. And really, the pitching coach guy, is, is he's just a scapegoat. And I hate to say that even after Tingler said he wasn't a scapegoat, it's kind of someone's got to pay. And it's not the manager's fault. So, you you, you know, he's not hitting. You're right. not going to fire easily. Mm-hmm. Everyone loves that guy. Yeah. Well, and the okay, so the, the offense is slumping. But still, you have individuals that are performing well. It's just... Everybody's uh, yeah. I, I, it's Cooking. it's it's a tough situation. Yeah. yeah. Um. Let's I do get into some good news. I do wonder about the training staff though, 
you know, all the injuries that we've seen on the pitching side, I don't know if you can just attribute it to, oh, hey, the pitch that's a pitching coach that likes to have his guys throw a lot of sliders. Right. I, I don't think you can just blame it all on that. There's something else going on with preparation. Um, I, I don't know what else in between starts or whatever. Maybe their schedule with bullpens and stretching and all that. I I don't know. Yeah. But it's fun to – I mean – I. Right, and, and speculate. So, you know, a lot of injuries happen when their mechanics are out of whack, and they're using their arm more than they should. True, um, and so that has a lot to do with the pitching coach. Like, okay, you're not like I said before. Like, you're you're off balance here. You're doing this. You're doing that. You know, you're using this, which is making you throw the ball that way. Could be. Um, it happened was, uh, several years back, where like five or six years back, maybe like everyone had Tommy John. Mm-hmm. Back when uh, Eric Lubke, I think even after that it Corey, was Corey Lubke, yeah, Corey Lubke, and all those guys just yeah, like Dustin Mosley, and- five or six guys just had Tommy John. We're like, all right, there they go. Mm-hmm. You know, so we'll have to get through this year and see how it goes. Because next year we're going to need how many of those guys that are coming back are going to be on pitching, on you know, pitch limits, right. Right, yeah. People keep pointing at Clevenger. Well, when Clevenger comes back, he's going to have the reins on him tight. Yeah, I don't even know if he's going to be a starter. Maybe he'll be, you know, some kind of a middle relief. I who knows? Yeah, yeah. We got to Nelson Lamette pitching up in in Elsinore Lake Elsinore yeah. today. I don't know if if he comes back. I'll be surprised if he pitches more than an inning at a time. Yeah, and if he if he ends up going under the knife, it just we're going to riot. We have to riot. Well, it would be his second Tommy John. Yeah. At, yeah. Oh, Let's get man. into some good news. We have great news. There's been a Mackenzie Gore sighting. Oh, hallelujah. Ba-ba-ba. Okay. So what did you see when you you saw well, the clips all over Twitter? People watched, were posting videos. <laughs> Mark Wilkins was was out there, right? Absolutely. And he talked about it today on Ben Woods. And certainly he had a lot to say on, on Twitter and he had a lot of video. Obviously, the big difference is the is is the windup. The windup, that high leg kick, isn't doesn't go straight up. It kind of goes back into his body. Uh-huh. And those hands that you know on the dominate the day shirt, you see the big kick. You see the hands up high, kind of like a like a, even a larger version of the Kershaw guy, whatever that guy's name is. Okay. Um, all that's gone. The hands don't go much. Above, they go about head height. Mm-hmm. That leg does come up, but it becomes more back. I've seen a couple of them where it seemed like the leg kick. Maybe it was just angle where his leg kick did look higher than it than it you know higher than I expected. But a lot of times you saw the curl in the body where it's more compact, more streamlined, not so flying open, having everything out out in the wind. Really, it kind of reminded me a bit of Trevor Hoffman's leg kick. Yep. The the height of the kick. Yeah, where he's not you know kicking the top of the door, the door frame. Right. Um, I'm wonder- So my theory, my working theory that I have no basis for this, I've wondered if they tried to get him to be quicker to the plate. Because we saw in Lake Elsinore, yeah, he's mowing guys down at the plate, but once guys got on base, they ran wild. Yeah. Because it took him a while to get home. So to try to make everything a little more compact, a little more efficient, less moving parts. So they maybe they tried to get him quicker to the plate, and then as a result, that affected other things, and the control, the command slipped god that's so right it, trevor hoffman those hands are high not as high as hoffman's but like high leg kick but it's close to the body mm-hmm. that leg kick and and, and amarillo for where mckenzie was like the what the clothes was it the crane from 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 karate, from karate kid. kid you know yeah, yeah. with the hands up like that you're like wow um i loved it I, I i loved it i loved i don't care if he's pitching against teenagers he's throwing strikes and right. that's all that matters throw strikes Get the ball over the plate. Make those adjustments once you get into some higher, better 
competition. Right. right. Well, to me, it's not just throwing strikes. It's is he locating where he wants to? Is he moving the ball inside out, up and down? Is he hitting the corners where he wants to? Because that's what he was able to do in Lake Elsinore that made him so good. He could just stand out there and pump fastballs all day. Yeah. And he's able to move it around the way he wants to. And then once he was in Amarillo, that kind of disappeared a little bit. Yeah. And then last year, I apparently that's what was getting him beat up at the alternate site. Yeah. So he's allegedly pitching tonight. I, I saw on Mad Friars, they said that he was scheduled to pitch today, not officially. Um, it's just if you count the days that this is his whatever fifth or sixth day yeah. on schedule to go again. So curious to hear what comes out of that. Uh, but anyway, in the complex game that he pitched last week, yeah. he pitched four and two thirds innings, uh, two hits, one walk, eight strikeouts. I okay. love it. It's a line. Yeah, it, it is a pitching line. It yes. is. <laughs> well, what did Mark put like in the line? In the pitching line, and David J picked up on a bunch of people picked up on it because it was not correct sentence structure. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, good thing. Let's get him. Let's get him. Let's get that worked out. Let's see if we can't get him into affiliate. I don't care if he comes up this year. He may. I don't care. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. The season doesn't really matter. What really matters is that he pitches like he pitched with that new windup with the new delivery in highly competitive games. Yes. With highly competitive players. Yeah, there's really not much to gain from bringing him up at this point. Right. You know, let him go compete somewhere. Um, this isn't going to be like Ryan Weathers coming up in the. I mean, maybe if they, by stroke of miracle, they make the playoffs, maybe you consider adding him to a playoff roster at some point since the pitching staff is decimated, but I don't want to get ahead of ourselves on that. That doesn't even make a whole lot of sense. Right. And so let's throw that out there. At the very least, it would be maybe a start or two just to kind of get his feet wet in the bigs mm-hmm. so that all that nervousness that you see in pitchers that come up kind of is done right right and so don't believe what you see from people out there saying that the Padres have selected the contract of <laughs> Mackenzie Gore he's going to be starting tonight <clears throat> against the Dodgers they're just messing with you it's it's fun but it's, don't believe yeah, it it's a until bit. you see it from AJ Casavell, Dennis Lynn or the Padres official yeah official account those are the guys you can really trust yeah absolutely but let's move on so Esther Ruiz just coming back from injury has been named AA Central Player of the Week for the week of August 16th to the 22nd announced by the league today this is his first award for Ruiz but the second weekly award in his career he previously won Player of the Week in Elsinore back in 2019 over the past week Ruiz batted 333 9 for 27 and hit safely in all six games against the Corpus Christi Hooks he had three home runs, two doubles, scored eight runs, stole two bases, and drove in four runs. He recorded a 419 on-base percentage during the week with a 1.160 OPS. Plus the speed. Yeah, absolutely. He finished the week going two for three uh, on Sunday, August 22nd, and recorded his seventh home run of the season in the game, as well as his 13th double. With that home run, Ruiz has left the yard in three of his last four games. This is last this is last week. On the year, Ruiz is batting 263 with seven home runs, 13 doubles, two triples, 31 RBIs, and 59 games. He has stolen 26 bases out of 30 attempts, all this while missing over a month of the season with a hand injury. So the 26 stolen bases is great, but you you put that against only getting caught four times, and that's excellent. Yeah. So that says that he's not just running wild. He's being selective. He's, he's running in the right situations. Yeah. So, yeah, great to see for somebody that's he's always had the power speed, the tantalizing kind of athleticism combo, the comps to Alfonso Soriano. Yeah. So when is he going to finally start to put it together and where is he going to land defensively? Seems like left field is kind of his spot. 
So he's somebody to keep an eye on. I, I don't know. This is going to be an interesting offseason. Yeah, There's going to be absolutely. a lot of guys. There's going to be a bit of a roster crunch, both on the 40-man roster as all these guys come off the 60-day IL and also just within the minor leagues on who can they keep. Because you've got a lot of guys that have been in the minors a long time. Big Rule 5 last year. Yeah, Big we're going to talk, we talk about Agustin Ruiz next. Yeah. He's another guy that's in that category that's yeah. Rule 5 eligible. So we may see a bunch of action on that. But before the Rule 5, you may see wow. some creative trades to move these guys yeah. you know, for some usable parts before then. Usable parts is a, is a, is a very descriptive word of what we need. Right. I mean, and it's not just at the major league level. You know, that's where they picked up Ignacio Feliz a couple of years yeah. ago at that point. And he was a 19-year-old. You know, nobody ever heard of him. Yeah. It's, it's a lottery ticket pitcher. But yeah. you never know when those guys are going to turn into Luis Patino. Who is doing quite well. He is. He's on a pitch limit. He is not pitching, you know, five or six innings into a game, but he's pitching several times a week. Yeah, and Cal Quantrill's doing well, and Ty France is doing well, and all these. Oh, man, I miss our, I miss our guys. Huh? But I still, I, I trust the process. Yeah, absolutely trust the process. And, and good for those guys. You know, good for, yeah. you know, wait, wait till Clippers comes back and, and dials in. Mm-hmm. After maybe some pitching, you know, pitching limits. And, uh, you know, we have a ton of pitching to let other guys go down. Ah, just okay. That's enough. Oh, All right. Man. So let's move on. We so, keep, like, running that down that bad alley. Yes. It's just, it's, you know, it's the apocalypse. It's the end of the world as we know it. Um, we almost, if Charlie Watts would have died, we would have played, you know, we would have played when the music's over by the doors. Yeah, that, been... that may be our music next week, Turn still. Out the line. Anyways, moving on to the Matt Friars interview with Augusto Ruiz. Uh, during the Herald 2016 International Signing Class, the Padres went well above their cap to bring in a plethora of young talent, while some of the headliners of the class, including Luis Patino, Michel Baez, Adrian Morajon, Jorge Ona, we'll talk about in a minute, Tukapita Marcano, have already reached the majors after promising players from that class are still developing on a more traditional timeline. On one such player is Alfredo Augusto Ruiz. While 2016 seems like forever ago in some ways. God, 2016 is so long ago. Ruiz is still younger than many of the members on this year's draft class. He, has, he had a big 2018 season. He hit 290, 384, 466 with the AZL Padres. Back when they were called the AZL Padres. Uh, for a promotion for Fort Wayne for the last week of the season when he had three extra base hits in four games. The 2019 campaign, though, was a large step back for Ruiz, who spent all year with Fort Wayne hitting 239, 320, 334 with only four home runs in 120 games. Ruiz fell behind other prospects as he struggled to make contact or consistent or impactful contact. Yeah. As a result, when COVID hit and the minor leaguers were sent home last year, Ruiz was not part of the alternate training site and instead had to train at his home in Mexico. Quote, the Padres told me what they wanted me to work on, but a lot of it was on my own, said Ruiz before a recent game at Fort Wayne. A friend of mine owns a gym, so I was able to work out there nearly every day. I did have a chance to play a little bit of baseball around Mexico, but a lot of the time it was at the gym and working on improving. Augusto Ruiz hit 15 home runs with Fort Wayne before being promoted to San Antonio. That time in the, uh, that time in the gym paid off Ruiz. He estimated he added over 25 pounds of muscle during COVID. I own... I- I gained 25 pounds of fat. <laughs> oh, my God. But wasn't quite sure how it would play. I worked really hard during quarantine, not to just get stronger, but also working in the cage to elevate pitches. I knew if I was going to be, if I was going to reach the majors, I needed to be more, uh, to be that home run hitter that people thought I would become. I was feeling good in spring training when I was hitting the ball over the fence, but always had that doubt in my mind, like, it's not real games. But the reason, but then the season started in May, and it was like, one, two, three, 
four, then five home runs. I thought I would hit more home runs this year, but I wasn't expecting to hit so many so fast. When I hit my fifth one, May 25th, in the 16th game of the season, someone told me it was a new record for me. I was like, whoa. But it was like all my hard work from the past years was paying off. Work hard, get good results. Those results have been significantly improved for the left-handed hitter. During the 2019 season, Ruiz hit a fly ball 38.4% of the time. In 2021, it jumped to 52.4%. The high A Central, formerly the Midwest League, has always been a difficult place to hit home runs. Ruiz had 15 home runs before he was promoted to AA San Antonio. Not only did that lead the team, but it leads the organization. The last person to have at least 15 home runs in a season in Fort Wayne was some kid named Fernando Tatis Jr. in 2017. Both Tatis and Hudson Potts hit over 20 that year. Augustine Ruiz slashed 253, 343, 466 for the Tin Caps and 324 plate appearances. While certainly Ruiz is not Tatis, the results were good enough to earn him a promotion to AA San Antonio in early August. After a 1-for-4 debut, Ruiz flexed his muscle in a 3-for-5 game that saw him hit his first double-A double and a home run and drive in seven, one off his career high. Thus far in San Antonio, Ruiz has only played center field, a position that is fairly new to him. Over the last two seasons in Fort Wayne, Ruiz has played 154 games in right, 10 in center, and 4 in left. I really like playing right field. It's my most favorite position, but I will play anywhere as long as I can still play. I knew that uh, that to stay in right, I had to really work on my defense. Part of adding muscle in the gym, I wanted to throw harder and more accurate and make sure I could throw the ball to the, to the exact place I wanted to. Um, strong and more accurate throws were not the only thing Ruiz worked on defensively as he tried to improve being not the best outfielder in 2019 from being not the best outfielder in 2019. Wait, wait, wait. You left out the little side note here by the interviewer. <laughs> A Tom, a Tom and Mansky comment was then made by me only to realize that players born in September of 1999 do not remember John's, this ad and why barely John? know who Fred McGriff is. <laughs> <laughs> the crime dog. <laughs> That's fantastic. Stronger and more accurate throws were not only the thing Ruiz worked on defensively as he tried to improve from being not the best outfielder in 2019. I knew I wasn't the best outfielder last time. The only thing I knew I really struggled with was my first step. It is probably the biggest determination between catching the ball or not. AC, Anthony Contreras, has been really working with me on improving my first step. I did not work on getting faster, but I know I am the, not the fastest on the, on the team. Excuse me. So if I can get a good jump on the ball, it can make the difference between an out and a hit. No matter where he plays, Ruiz is just happy to be playing the game he loves. He knows his faults, a 28.7% strikeout rate, but always wants to improve. When asked about his goals for the rest of the season, Ruiz happily responded, quote, stay healthy, control what I can control, and do everything I can to get better every day. God, right when he said control what I can control, I'm like, and dominate the day. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much what he's saying. So I looked last night. He's, since being there, he is struggling. He's only hitting 211. Um, it's better competition. It's it's. It's a pitcher's ballpark. He's three years younger than the average player in, in yeah. the double-A yeah. level. So he's very young for the level. Uh, so just being up and being able to tread water is a success. Yeah. So And then you look back at what he did in Fort Wayne, you know, hitting 239, 320 on base percentage. You know, it's, it's not that much worse than he was doing in Fort Wayne in 2019. Yeah. So he proved everything he needs to prove there this year. Now it's just a matter of, you know, getting the on-base up, you know, getting some good barrels and all of that stuff. But it's going to come with time. Yeah, it will definitely come with time. So let's move on to the affiliate rundown. Yes, sir. At the ACL. The strike, ACL. The formerly the AZL. Formerly, AC, formerly ACL. 
As Arizona Complex League, strike one Wednesday, James Wood connected on his first professional home run to put the club up 2-0 in the first. The gigantic 18-year-old ended a single, added a single and two more walks later in the game, pushing his on-base percentage to 480 through his first 13 pro games. While much was made about his 26 strikeouts and 90 high school plate appearances this spring, he struck out a slightly lower rate thus far since getting underway in the desert. Four so p- somebody posted a video. Okay. I think it might have been uh, it, it might have been Mark um, of him. I think he grounded out to second base, but he booked it up the line. And I had no idea that that big man can move like Oof. that. I mean, yeah, he's playing center field, and they say he's super athletic. You don't really realize it until you see. I and mean, the guy's got wheels. Okay. So six foot seven, but he can get down the line quick. Yeah. And that's usually not the case with tall guys. I mean, yeah, they got long strides, but like they don't, you're kind of lumbering. Right. It takes a while to get going. I yeah. think of, I keep thinking of Kyle Blanks when I see his size, but he doesn't move like that. I mean, he got out of the box quick. Yeah. And, and Kyle Blanks was the first baseman. <laughs> Well, yeah, but they moved him out to the yeah, yeah. Fourth round of Jackson Wolf struck out four over two innings in his second appearance. Strike two, strike two on Tuesday. Fourth rounder Jackson Wolf struck out four over two innings in his Ooh. second appearance. Adam Smith, the Padres' 14th round pick out of UNC Wilmington, worked three scoreless frames and has yet to allow a run in his first three appearances. The 21-year-old has shown what could be a quality slider, striking out a batter per inning through his first six innings. It's kind of nice seeing seeing some of the pitchers get in, starting to get some you know get some innings, put some stuff together. It's really right. nice. And now we're getting to the point where we're starting to see these guys come up to to Lake Elsinore. We'll be, we'll be talking about that here in a minute. Yeah. So strike three on Saturday. The organization has to be ecstatic with what second rounder James Wood has done. The six foot seven outfielder who earned the Padres' biggest bonus in the class has put up a 360, 448, 480 slash line in his first 58 plate appearances while playing center defensively. Jackson Merrill, the first round prep out of Maryland, has been really has been nearly as good, posting a 310, 379, 414 line at shortstop. Finally, big Cuban righty Wilton Castillo, yet another six foot seven prospect in the pro- in the system, had another solid outing. On the season, the 21-year-old has 36 strikeouts in 23 and a third innings against only six walks. The club has worked him into action slowly in his debut campaign, limiting him to three inning stints. When I when I saw that the Wilton Castillo, I'm like, isn't that a catcher? Isn't that a catcher? For the- <laughs> it's Will. It's getting Wilson Contreras. Yes. <laughs> so, but, so. I, I like seeing guys proven wrong. And Keith Law, you know, I respect Keith Law. Yep. I, I read everything yep. that he publishes, but seeing all the stuff that he said about James Wood, not that he was, he just, he had questions about his ability to hit, and there were makeup questions right. about like right. his work ethic, his focus on just, you know, how much do you really want to be a baseball player? I really want to see all that proven wrong. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, maybe some guys play with the chip on the shoulder. Maybe that's what he needed. You know, and like we said before, we said this before about, about about what the scouts said to Keith Law was maybe it was just a bad weekend. Maybe it was just every, you know, a couple times that a few scouts said that, that those things about Woods and maybe it was just a bad day. It could have been. It could have been. I mean, and you're dealing with high school kids. He's 18. So, you know, we have a lot of bad days when we're 18. Yeah. <laughs> And we don't know how to deal with it yet. No, we don't. I still don't know how to deal with it. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah. That's what therapy is for. Right. Moving on to Lake Elsinore. <laughs> strike one Thursday. Uh, Robert Hasselby plays safely three times and raises OBP to 407 on the season. In August, he is hitting 333, 414, sorry, 412, uh, 476. He continues to be an ideal leadoff hitter, featuring a high batting average OBP, the ability to steal bases, and a low strikeout rate with Angeles. 
Hassel and Mears taking most of the spotlight catcher Brandon Venezuela has been a big surprise. Baseball America had him was rated as a premium defensive catcher and that the difference between Venezuela being a top 10 prospect and a top 30 prospect would be his ability to hit, especially for power. Well, then what happened? The right it made sense as he had just five total extra base hits in 42 AZL games. But with two more tonight, he is now up to 30 in 75 games. This year is hitting 319, 399 with a 468. Not only did he hit a not only did he hit a big three run home run, but he also stole home. That one will confuse him with a speedster, but it just shows that he has enough in his game to make scouts take note. So yeah. oftentimes when we see that a player stole home, it means that it was the back end of a double steal. Right. Which at the majors they rarely fall prey to that, where the guy takes off from first and they actually throw it down. Usually you see the pump fake and then they look over at third base like, yeah. oh, you're going to try it? Um, so uh, who was it that had all the stolen bases last week? You and Mark talked about him. Grant Little. Grant Little. Grant Little had, what was it, five stolen bases in one game? I think seven. Whatever it was. It was insane. So in one, so he got on base, he stole second, stole third, and then stole home. But that steal of home was part of a double steal. Right. Yeah, it's... it's the the stolen stealing home is one of the most exciting plays in baseball to me as yeah. a fan. Like yeah. when you're sitting there and you're watching, you're going, "Oh my gosh, this guy's taking a huge lead. What's he doing? He's jumping around out there." And it's a straight steal. And then it goes. Oh my yeah. gosh! I remember watching Eric Owens do it when I was at, at the Murph. And, ah, big oh pin. my god, everybody just lost their minds. Like, what is he doing? Absolutely. You know, and you got to talk about the, the story of, of Lake Elsinore this year. Um, as, as the first affiliate, you know, first time as being the A affiliate has been Brandon, Brandon Venezuela, Angeles, um, Angeles, Sean Gilby, Sean Gilby. God, what's Angeles first? You read Angeles. Thank you. God yes. damn. It's been a long day at work. I haven't eaten much, you know, but th- those two stories, those guys, you know, really popped out of nowhere. And, you know, maybe this would have happened in 2020 when there was, uh, if there would have been a season, but now we're seeing these guys now. And, it's good seeing, you know, not just Hassel and Mears taking up all the press, but these guys as well. With uh, with Rubel Angeles, he's he's batting three fifty four. I thought I saw. I think he's still leading the league. Yeah, and batting average. Yeah, the guys, the guy just won't stop hitting. Yeah. So I guess it goes to show who put in the work during the downtime. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so moving on to strike two. On Saturday, former Troy star Levi Thomas, age 23, has had an up-and-down season, but he continues to take the ball and throw strikes in his debut campaign. Thomas was on Saturday, mixing his low 90s fastball with a quality changeup and slider to work four scoreless frames and match his season high of seven strikeouts. The righty is second on the team in innings pitched with 62 and two-thirds and has struck out 73 against 29 walks, but has yielded 66 hits, including nine home runs. Jason Reynolds worked three strong innings to get the win. The 22-year-old righty has turned in strong numbers for the Storm, posting a 5-1 record to go along with a 3.12 ERA in 40 and a third innings. Arubiel Angeles yeah. wrapped out two more hits to push his league-leading batting average to 346. Beast mode. For sure. Absolutely. Moving on to strike three on Sunday, Robert House of the third hit a three-run homer in the seventh as a part of another two-hit night. Last year's top pick also added a double and now leads the circuit with 28 doubles. He owns a 963... OPS for the month to move his slash line to 315, 410, 464. Josh Mears, who returned to the lineup yesterday, got off to a slow start with three straight strikeouts to open the game, but collected a single and then unleaded for his 15th homer, 15th homer of the year in the ninth inning. He was on the IL. He COVID. Went, was it COVID? So five or six guys went COVID. Oh, yeah. right, right. Yeah, that's what we saw with Lake Elsinore. They're yeah. finally starting to come back. Yeah. 
Right. Robert Gasser made his first full uh, his full season debut with two innings of one run ball. The 22 year old out of the University of Houston worked one tune up inning in the desert after the Padres selected him in the compensation round B in July. The lefty gave up a pair of hits in his first, including a homer to last year's 55th overall pick, Kyron Paris, but then sandwiched a pair of groundouts and a strikeout in the second. You know, with no um, Tri City, no short season ball. Yeah. They're, this is the first stop for everybody to make after yeah. they get out of the complex. So it's interesting seeing these guys starting to come out, and we don't know a whole lot about them. I mean, you've got the draft, the draft report, <laughs> and maybe they pitched, they played a handful of games in in the Arizona, right. and then they sent them out. Um, so it's exciting. So I'm looking forward to. I think tomorrow Angela and I are going to head up to Lake Elsinore and catch the game there. See a bunch of fresh faces. Nice. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I just the the one that I'm that I'm a little bit bummed about is that Kevin Cops skipped <laughs> Lake Elsinore, <laughs> uh, which straight. is for good reason. Yeah, he went straight to Fort Wayne. We're yeah. going to talk to him, talk about him in a little bit. Yeah. Um, and he's somebody that I, when at the draft when the draft was going on, people were saying he might have a chance to push his way all the way up to the majors this year. I that's that's awfully ambitious. Very ambitious. But. I could see him sticking in Fort Wayne for another week or two and then getting another bump before the end of the season yeah. just just to see. Yeah. While they've got, challenge that maybe guy. while they've got that fake playoff thing going on in AAA. The, oh, oh. hey, here's two extra weeks of baseball that yeah. count the same as everything else, but you get a trophy for it or something. The, I, I can't even remember what it was called. That's such a bad idea. <laughs> but moving on to Fort Wayne, strike one on Wednesday, lefty Nola Vela, Noel Vela, allowed two runs in his first before settling in and tossing three more scoreless frames. The 22-year-old from South Texas has posted a 4.15 ERA with 13 strikeouts in as many innings and three starts since joining Fort Wayne. Yeah, he just came up. Yeah, We saw him when we were uh, the last game I was there. Absolutely. In Lake Elsinore, that is. All right, strike two. Thursday, through seven starts, Danny Den. Fear the Gogs! Fear the Gogs! Has been the Tin Cap's best pitcher, posting a 1.46 ERA in his first 24 and two-thirds innings of high A ball. While his strikeout-to-walk ratio is a pedestrian 18 to 11, the five foot nine lefty has only given up 15 hits. The undrafted Memphis Tiger came, came in on an 18 and two-thirds scoreless inning streak. Tied for the second longest stretch in the high A Central League this year, but allowed a run in the first. Dens has a fastball that sits around 89 to 92 and can touch 94, a curve and a changeup, all of which he can throw for strikes or get the batter to chase. Yeah. His start tonight was a good indication of the type of pitcher he is, even without his best stuff. He mixed it up and kept his team in the game. Fear the gods, dude. I'm, I am on the Danny Dens bandwagon. <laughs> Hell yeah! I mean, for the day that he was signed, I was like, this is an interesting dude. Absolutely. And like everything I see about him, he seems like a genuine good guy. Yeah. But I just, I love the the lefty, yeah. like lefties always seem like little oddball lefty pitchers. And he's he's got the goggles, the glasses, and that kind of adds to the to the flair. And now he's he's kicking some butt. So Absolutely. One, in one offseason at driveline, get that 94 as a sitting 94. Maybe. You know, something like that. Maybe, but I mean, even if he's just, if he's, if a crafty lefty is what he's made out to be, if he can mix up a few pitches and locate them all, who knows where he might wind up. Absolutely. That's fine. But I love the undrafted free agent underdog. It's like Sam Williams two years ago, who's still doing great with the organization. Absolutely. I love to see those guys do well, not just the people that sign for the big checks. No, absolutely. The undrafted guys are great. Working at UCSD, we get a lot of those guys are undrafted. And they're still playing. Yeah, yeah. Um, moving on to Sunday, strike three, Kevin Cobbs, working his second game since joining Fort Wayne, picked up his first professional save. The 24-year-old who the Padres drafted out of Arkansas in the third round last month struck out one in a perfect frame. 
So not it's not a slider, it's a cutter. The cutter. That's what I what I heard is he wants to have it referred to as a cutter. The cutter. Okay, so moving on to San Antonio. Strike one on Wednesday, Matt Waldron retired eight of the first nine batters he faced, striking out four along the way. But after a generous, generously scored infield single with two outs in the third, he drew a wild pitch and immediately walked off the mound to call for the trainer. It appeared he felt something in the back of his upper arm, but no additional information is available at this point. It would be surprising to see him take the mound again without some downtime. Yeah. So what, you give him a month off, maybe bring him back for instructs if he's able to, or just... Yeah, tell him to go get healthy this off season. I don't know, but he's been throwing a lot of pitches. He has in the, in the hundred in the hundred range, right? And so, the, but the story has been that since you're throwing the knuckleball, you're not putting as much stress right. on the elbow and the rest of your shoulder and all that. So you should be able to throw more pitches. I don't know. Fingers crossed for Matt Waldron because right. he's been a great story this year. I could really. If the question is, should he throw? Right. Right. Yeah. Friday, uh, strike two, uh, Moises Lugo struck out seven in four two-thirds innings in his final start, or in his first start with Double A San Antonio. I watched a little bit of this game. It's amazing how you're like, you know, watching it on MILB TV, and you're like, dude, who's that? Oh, shit, he's carving up those guys. Uh-huh. Carving. Yeah, and he just came up. Absolutely. Uh, but with a, was a little bit in, inefficient, needed 87 pitches to do it in four and two-thirds innings. Lugo dealt with some shoulder soreness in July, but since he has racked up strikeouts. Over his last 39 and a third innings pitch, Lugo is with 57, Fort Wayne and San Antonio, and S- in, in, Fort Wayne, in Fort Wayne and San Antonio. And Estrui Ruiz homered in what was Estrui Ruiz's sixth homer of the 2021 campaign and the second in his many days. The 22-year-old outfielder has put things together in August as evidenced by his 292, 370, 528 slash line in, in 20 August games. Strike three, Sunday, Tyler Visa making his first start in affiliated ball since July 2019. That's another cool story. Turned in six quality innings to pick up the victory. The 26-year-old righty, originally from Phoenix, allowed two runs across six innings, striking out five along the way. Visa spent parts of four of his seven seasons in the Phillies organization at AA. He signed out of the American Association earlier this week as the Padres organization struggles to find innings in the upper minors. So picking somebody up off the Indie League. Indie League. I love it. Um, and then finally, Asturi Ruiz reached four more times on Sunday, pushing his on-base percentage for the month to 385. The electrifying outfielder connected on a double in his third homer of the series, and he's kept his strikeout rate below 20% for August. And before we move on to El Paso, I want to congratulate Jose Quezada, yep. pitcher, for having his first career hole-in-one. What happened now? That, that was on, it was on Instagram. <laughs> Yeah, he uh, he f- filmed a video like walking up to the cup, like yeah. walking up to the hole, and he's like, "There's my ball," and he went nuts. Apparently, he pitched a uh, an immaculate inning this week as well. Damn, the kid's on fire! Yeah, living large with the hole in one an immaculate inning. Yeah, I love immaculate innings. They're, I wish they're we had so more. rare. They're so rare. They're Absolutely. so rare, and they happen like before you even realize yeah. what's going on. Like, wait, he just struck out the first two guys real quick. Yeah, what what's his pitch count? Wait, no. It, that's one of those things where it's like you need to have the scorebook in front of you to really know what's going on. Right, because in between pitch, okay, oh, he struck out, oh, he struck out, and you're like, oh, he struck out. Wait, that was strike, oh, strike, one, strike, two, strike, three, strike, right, strike, right, yeah. Strike. And, and that's not how pitchers pitch. Usually, you know, you throw, you throw two strikes, you, you throw something away. Right. You don't throw that third strike down, you know, you, don't, you just don't do that. No. So to get the immaculate inning is, is, is pretty rare. Yeah, and to be able to avoid the foul balls and all of that. I mean, yeah. It's, I saw Pedro Martinez lead off a game with an immaculate inning against the Mariners. I was up living in Portland. I was okay. hanging out at my buddy's house, and we're watching. We're like, oh, my God, how's this 
yeah, this is a rough start. And then you get to the end of the inning and like, oh my gosh, what did he just do? That's amazing. Right. <laughs> like, That's immaculate. Like, I'm not even mad. Yeah. <laughs> you ate an entire wheel of cheese? Who knew because I'd have played golf? Oh, a lot of these pitchers play golf. Yeah, a lot of baseball it, players play golf. Right, because by the time they get to the major leagues, they're pretty good at golf. So maybe that's, yeah. Yeah. They got to start somehow. Yeah, well, they're not supposed to work on their hitting. So they're swinging <laughs> a different kind of stick. That's awesome. So moving on to El Paso, strike one Wednesday. Luis Camposano's pounding on the door is reaching the crescendo stage. Crescendo. God damn it. Crescendo <laughs> stage. God, Liddy's going to kill me. Thank God she doesn't listen. The Georgia native launches 13th homer of the season and is second in his mini games, and all the 22-year-old has done in August is hit, posting a slash line of 367, 472, 767 across nine games. When rosters expand in September, Capasano was a legitimate possibility to provide support for the big league club. All eyes were on the AAA debut of A.G. Martinez, perhaps the organization's most ready pitching prospect, the Aces were unimpressed as they tagged the 24-year-old right-hander for seven runs across three innings, forcing Martinez to throw 68 pitches before an early exit. Yeah, so the people looking at Adrian Martinez possibly as some kind of a guy that can come up and take a spot start. I mean, look at what Reese Kinnear has done since yeah. he's been up. I mean, right. He's been serviceable, but you're only getting a couple innings out of him. Yeah. So if they called Martinez up, I, I doubt you'd see him go longer than that. And he got lit up again last night. Right. So, and that's, once again, that's not bad. It's, you welcome to AAA. From a developmental to, standpoint, right. that's not bad. Right. But when you're looking at a major league organization, the major league club that's just dying for help. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're picking up guys off the scrap heap like Arietta. Yeah. And, oh man, I, it would, it would be amazing if there was somebody in the minors that could come up and just start mowing guys down. But outside of Gore, fingers crossed, I, I don't think that that guy's there. Right. Okay, so strike two on Thursday after giving away the lead in the eighth. The Chihuahuas got a two-run homer from Matt Batten in the tenth to win their first game under new manager Eric Youngie. Batten, 26, finished the night with three hits to push his average at AAA over 300. The versatile defender has provided league average offense and has even appeared on the mound in four games for El Paso this year. So Matt Batten's a guy that can play anywhere. Yeah. He's a shortstop, plays second base, third base, outfield, center field, whatever you want, he'll do it. Oh, in a post-game interview... <laughs> totally off the map. Apparently, uh, Jake Cronenworth at some point uh, had a discussion with Jace Tingler about playing all nine positions in a game. Oh, really? Yeah. I would love to see that. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. Someone's Bert, done that this year. Well, Burt Campanaris was the first guy I know of that did that for the A's back in the 70s. I think Brandon Inge or somebody like that did that for the for Detroit, the top, Detroit. at one point. I didn't. Um, God, I want to say. Uh, and didn't Rizzo do it? Didn't Rizzo do that? No. Was it someone like that that did it? One, I think it was one of the Cubs that uh, that played every position except for pitcher. Scott Sheldon did it. This year? Was <laughs> no. It? Andrew Romine did it in 2017. Okay. I just I just looked it up to see. Who, I, I don't know if there's a listing for all that. Right. Is there a fan, is there a fan grass for that? There's got to be somewhere. <laughs> so to finish it out, uh, strike three on Sunday, Webster Revis and Taylor Colway. Each collected two of El Paso's season-high seven doubles, and the team eventually put up a four spot in the ninth inning with the game well out of reach. Callaway is getting close to having enough plate appearances to qualify among AAA West League leaders. His 337 average would go fifth, would be good for fifth on the circuit. Taylor Colway's having a great Another season. Taylor, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's the end of the rundown. That is the end of the rundown. That is the end of... A sad day. A sad, oh. a sad day with the death of Charlie it's, Watts. Yes. Um, 
kind of unexpected, not really unexpected at 80 years old. He, I think he got pretty sick pretty quick. Um, the next time we talk to you, hopefully we'll have some more information on Mackenzie Gore, which I'm sure all of you guys will see on Twitter. Yeah. Um, yeah hopefully somebody's back there behind the screen taking some video today. Absolutely. Because they don't, so the, the AZL games, they don't even play that at the complex, at the, the complex stadium, right? They're playing no. them in a backfield. It's all in the backfields. Yeah. Yeah. For some reason, I thought that they were playing them at the, like the Peoria Stadium. Right. It would make sense, but I guess with no spectators, there's no point. Right, no need to bring all the equipment, and that you know that, that's pretty far away from. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. You put it on a couple of golf carts and roll it over there. But one of these times, I want to go out there and catch some AZL action. Maybe when the Padres are out in in Phoenix, the wife and I'll drive out there, catch a Padres game, go catch some backlot action. Yeah, maybe that made the instructs too in September. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, that'd be fun too. See, none of that. Well, some of the summer stuff kind of works for me, but once September starts. School starts, I my head is buried. Mm. I'm buried. Well, and the other problem is just so dang hot. Yeah. I know they try to play the games later in the day, but holy smokes, it's still hot. Absolutely. So let's cross our fingers, cross our hearts, pray for an early painful death. I don't know. There's still a chance. There's I I'm not I'm not throwing in the towel yet, but man, it feels like it. We're we're awfully close. We're circling. Okay. So until then you can find me circling the drain on Twitter at SD. <laughs> I'm at Zippy underscore TMS. Go Padres. Oh, let's go Padres. Padres.